Well, good morning, South Point. How y'all doing, huh? You doing good? Yeah? This is always the troubled section. Are you guys doing okay? Yes? You see here how quiet they are? It's like, the, I don't know what it is. How are you guys doing? How are you guys doing? need you all to step your game up today, all right? Hey, if it's your first time here today, my name is Craig, and my wife Patty and I get to pastor this amazing church, so thanks for hanging out with us. We love it. Hey, do me a favor, including this section. There's a lot of people watching online. Will you help me welcome the rest of our family watching on YouTube, Facebook, Church Online platform? We love you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in and being with us. Oh, my goodness. Hey, if you have not signed up for the men's conference, you need to sign up. And yes, when you get here, just like last time we did this, I can't say last year because of COVID, but last time we did it, um, you will have to sign a waiver again. So gentlemen, yes, we will have axe throwing and other manly mayhem going on. Um, in fact, last time, one of the activities that we did, we built potato cannons, right? If you were here, you know that. We shot potatoes like 150 yards all the way up into Memphis. It was awesome. People just in Memphis just like raining potatoes. It was great. But this one dude, he put too much accelerant. If you don't know what a potato cannon is, you're, you're not a guy. Okay, so um, he put too much accelerant in the back of it, you know, and sealed it and lit it, lit it and, the, and the back of the cannon blew off, and it hit another guy in the leg, and before the guy could even say, ow, all the other men went, you signed a waiver! It was awesome. Manly mayhem. Don't, make, don't miss it. Make sure you sign up. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Now, listen, <laughs> over the last couple years, couple years, I think you guys, I think we all agree, I mean, I really do, that it's just been the craziest last couple of years, hasn't it? And, and, and we think it's over, and now, you know, we all know that it's, there's this other thing, this other wave happening. It's just, it's like the last two years, and I'm talking personally for, for a minute, but you guys can jump into my personal world if you want to. Um, over the last two years, I've just seen crazy stuff. I've seen, I've seen like the extremes, and I'm sure you have as well. I've seen people's Hopes and dreams get crushed and dashed and lives fall apart. And then I've seen all the way in the middle and then all the way over to the other end where I've seen people have the best year of their life. Dreams come true. Hopes are just like, you know, skyrocketing. Everything's amazing. And in all of this, the good, the bad, in between, the opinions, people mad. Did you know people have gotten mad? No? Did you know people have gotten mad? Yeah, I know y'all know. You all good over there? Uh, anyway, people have gotten mad and upset about stuff, and but through it all, here, here's what I've heard, just like a common theme through it all in other people and in my own life. There's the, there's been this this clamoring inside of us for community, for for true community, and and it's something in us that, and I'm going to do my best to explain this, and I, there's really not the words for it, but we've been wired for community. Where, where we need it, and when you don't have it, you know that, that you need that, that you desire that. And so we try, and we have tried over the last couple of years to form community, because inside of us, again, I just believe it's in our spiritual DNA, we recognize we need community. And so whether it be in conversations or on social media or wherever, we say things or we post things where it's, where it's your opinion or whatever, you know, your ideas, your thoughts, and you look for people to come and around that idea. 
You know, that, that thought. Um, this is like low-hanging fruit here, but you, you know, you, we, we go into the whole section of, okay, pro-mask, anti-mask, right? Pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine. You know, what, whatever, I'm just using that as an example, but we put that out there, and then here's what happens. We, the people that agree with us in that, those, those people, we feel like that's our community. But that's not a healthy community. That's a very anemic community because check this out. In those environments, in those communities, if you do something, anything, say anything that is outside of the standing operating procedure of that community, you're kicked out. Or you kick them out. Right? And so, and, but we say it's our community, but if it's really your community, then there's no getting out of it and getting back into it because you are rooted and grounded in that community. So a community, a true community that you're wired for, and this is the reason why those, those types of communities that I just explained don't satisfy that desire that's in you, why you still have a longing for community after all we've been through, because that's not real community. It, it's, it's a counterfeit it's based on agreeing opinions, and you find yourself living a life only with homo-opinionated people. And yes, I created that word. You put a hyphen in the middle of anything, and it's a new word. I love it. But you find yourself in these homo-opinionated environments where everybody has to agree, but there's, it just kind of puts a bad taste in your mouth the minute something changes. And so finding real community, since we know it's in us, it's the key. I'm, I'm just telling you. Um, how to do this, where to form a community, and what that looks like is key. I'm, I'm just telling you, it is key. It is the secret sauce to life of having a healthy, stable life no matter what season of life you're in. I'm, I'm, I'm pausing. Today is a little bit more teachery than my normal flow, so I want, I want you to get, sink this in. And so we have to figure out how to have this community vibe in us. And so um, that's what we're talking about today. So there's a book in the Old Testament called Isaiah, and Isaiah is a major prophet. Here's your teaching, Here's your teaching moment for those of you who didn't want to go back to school. Um, in, in Isaiah, it's, called, it's in the Old Testament, and it's called the Bible in the Bible, or it's called the Little Bible. And here's the reason why. So Isaiah, well, let's start with this. The whole Bible has how many books in it? Does anybody know how many books in the whole Bible? 66. Some of you knew that. Awesome. Woohoo! There's 66 books in the, in the whole Bible. In the Old Testament, there's 39 books, okay? So, if you did not go to Horn Lake, that leaves how many for New Testament? You have to take 66 minus 39, and you should come up with the answer, unless you're doing Common Core math, you should get the answer of... 27. Some of you were like, I went to South Haven, but I still didn't get it. Okay, so there's 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 books in the New Testament. The Old Testament deals mostly with God's judgment on man and the law. Okay, that's just, that's just what the Old Testament roughly agrees with, or talks about. The New Testament, the 27 books of the New Testament, talk about Jesus, the Messiah, and hope, and grace, and this whole new covenant, and it's beautiful. Okay, okay, so in Isaiah... Don't get bored yet. This is actually fascinating. So in Isaiah, the first 39 chapters all deal with God's judgment on man and God dealing with man and the law and, and that going on, all 39. It parallels, it reflects the Old Testament. The last 27 chapters in Isaiah, this is amazing. The last 27 chapters in Isaiah is filled with messianic prophecies and promises and this idea of a new covenant and grace, okay? The New Testament. Isn't that fascinating? 
Am I the only geek that thinks that's fascinating? It's, it's just amazing. To even add to it, okay, do you guys remember, and if you don't know this, that's okay. I'll, I'll get to the message in a minute. I'm just geeking out for a second on Bible history. So um, you guys remember where the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered in 1947? If you don't know what that is, um, they discovered these old scrolls, oldest dating of Scripture um, on these leather scrolls. Okay, so there's just hundreds of them up in these caves. They discovered them in 1947. All of them had been deteriorated, obviously, for thou- you know, hundreds, thousands of years. And so there were pieces and fragments and all that, except for one complete book from beginning chapter to the end chapter. Guess which book, guess which prophetic letter was in its completion? Isaiah. Now tell me God ain't got his hand on everything. God's amazing. Did you know that? It's just fascinating, blowing my mind. Okay, all of that for no reason whatsoever, except that we're getting ready to read a verse in Isaiah 61, and I need you to understand that even though it's the Old Testament, it is a prophecy about Jesus Christ that has already been fulfilled, and if it's already been fulfilled in Jesus Christ, that means if we're a part of Jesus Christ, then it's fulfilled in us. You're tracking with me. That's, that's huge. If this, what are we getting ready to read is going to sound fantastic, fantasmal. I don't know if that's a word, but just crazy wild but it's actually true and already fulfilled. All we have to do is step into it. Okay, you ready? It's going to be a good day. Isaiah 61, verse 2. I am sent, and this I, is, it's prophetic. It, it ends up being Jesus, and he actually quotes this in Luke later on. But right here, I am sent to announce a new season of Yahweh's grace. Ooh, doesn't that just sound, I mean, aren't you glad you live in a new season of grace? Mm. I am sent to announce a new season of Yahweh's grace and a time of God's recompense on his enemies, to comfort all who mourn, who, all who are in sorrow, to strengthen those crushed by despair, who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful bouquet in the place of ashes. Now, some of this might sound familiar to you because we just sang this verse in one of the songs that we sang, okay? Um, bouquet in, in the place of ashes. The oil of bliss instead of tears, and the mantle of joyous praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. Because of this, now you have to understand, all of these things, okay, so we get to, you might be tearful and full of despair, but he gives you hope and you can step into the hope, all right? Your life might be falling apart and be nothing but a pile of ashes, but he's going to come and take your ashes, he's going to take your sorry ash and give you beauty. Okay? He doesn't exchange it. It's already happened. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Step into it. And because you have those fruits in your life, because of that, it already happened. Because of that, because of this, they will be known as mighty oaks of righteousness planted by Yahweh as a living display of his glory. So because of these fruits, he says, hey, you're going to be an oak of righteousness. Now, we all know there's something about oaks. Number one, they're huge trees. They're strong trees. And if the tree is massive, the root system is even more massive, right? It's just, it's just a huge root system. So there's strength and stability because of the roots of the oak tree. So if you are going to grow and be an oak of righteousness to display God's glory, you have to have not just the fruits on your limbs, but you have to have the roots under your feet. You have to have some roots. And so just fill in the blank. Follow me along a little bit today. Here's the first thing. We need a healthy view of our roots. We need a healthy view of the roots. Let me show you this verse in Isaiah 61. Let me show you the counter to it in Matthew, okay, in the New Testament. Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Then Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I'm going to read that again. And I want you to think about it for a second. 
Because I really believe that there's people here today or watching online where all you have heard about church and Jesus is carrying burdens, following certain things to live up to a certain measure, and Jesus himself says nothing of the kind. And I think for decades we have a wrong view of who Jesus is. He says this about himself. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Does that attach to anyone? Does any, is anyone weary? Is anyone tired? Is anybody carrying heavy burdens? Is anybody just struggling in life? Then Jesus says, come to me, I'll give you rest. Take my, now check this out. We have to do this. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Now this connects because um, the tre oak trees are very strong. The wood is very strong. And during this time, 90, I'm, I'm making this percentage up. I don't know the number. I'm making this up. 99% of the yokes at that time, were made out of oak, okay? So now Jesus is saying, hey, there is an oak yoke that you can put on. And, okay, so yoke, if you don't know what a yoke is, it's this thing that they make that they put two animals together so they can plow or pull stuff in tandem, okay? Um, and so nowadays, like in the States, we have more draft horses. They would use oxen, but we still yoke them together, different kind of yoke, but still a yoke. One draft horse can pull, ready for this? One draft horse can pull 8,000 pounds, Google it if you don't believe me. Some of you are like, I don't believe it. Google it, sister. I did. Okay, 8,000 pounds. I'm not a draft horse expert, but Google obviously is. Eight, that one draft horse pull 8,000 pounds. And then you yoke them together, and if you go to Horn Lake, you're thinking eight times two. Eight times two is six. You know how quiet it got? Everybody starts second-guessing their multiplication table. They're like, I don't know. Okay, so you yoke two together, you're going to think, well, they can pull 16,000 pounds. That's not true. They, two together pull three times as much. They pull 20, up to 28,000 pounds. Two yoked together. Let me just say this. When you are yoked to the right one, you can pull more and do more than you ever would have pulled before, and you don't get tired, you don't get beat down, because you are yoked to this man named Jesus Christ. The other idea that Jesus was actually using this for, that's kind of cool, but the real thing that he was saying about it, he was like, this is my teaching. Remember that in the verse? He said, put my yoke upon you, and then this is, I'm teaching you this. Listen. During that time, the rabbis, they would call it their yoke. So in other words, their specific teaching about the law or whatever, they would be their yoke. So in other words, in our day and time, if you were a card-carrying member of the First Baptist denomination, you would be yoked to the Baptist denomination because you would believe and follow what they teach. You, you track it with me? And Methodist and Presbyterian, whatever, okay? You're yoked to that teaching. And Jesus says this, get this. Jesus is saying, hey, be yoked to my teaching. And look at what he says. He doesn't double down on the Ten Commandments. He doesn't say, be yoked to me. I've got 36 more rules to add to this. No, not once. He says, come to me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. This is not a struggle. Just connect with me, root yourself in me, and I will change your life. And in the American mindset, we think that's too easy. Nothing can be that easy. 
So we put our roots, we put investment and roots in other things instead of Jesus Christ in the kingdom of God. We say, well, I have to do these things. For, for example, okay, for example, here's some common things. There's, I just came up with four quick common things that culture and a lot of us say we need to put our roots in, we need to invest in, this is what we need to do, this is our foundation. Money, friends, family, and health. Pretty much covers a lot, doesn't it? Money, friends, family, and health. Your money, if you put your roots in your money and your finances, can I tell you something? You are fitting. You're fitting. That's a good Mississippi word. You are fitting to be very disappointed. Because your money might make you feel good for a minute, but can I tell you something? Money cometh. Money goeth. You'll be tickled pink one day and car repoed the next. Right? I was just... Money come, you can't put your roots in money, you will be disappointed every time. Or how about friends? If you put your roots in friends, again, friends cometh, and some of your friends need to go with, you know what I'm saying? So friends go, friends come and go into our lives, and like I said last week, some of you probably need to take a little time and actually weed your friend garden. You might just be healthier that way. But friends are going to come and go. Okay, so then some of you are like, Craig, you're getting to family. I know it. And family's what it's all about. I love my mom and my papa. They're just the greatest people ever. They support me no matter what. They've been with me at my lowest low, and they've been with me at my highest high. I love my family. Praise God for my family. Lord, I thank you for my family. And then you read Matthew, and Jesus says, unless you hate your mother and father, you have no place with me in the kingdom of God. It's really in there. Okay, so Jesus is, let me explain this to you because I think some people freak out. But what Jesus is saying, he's saying, listen, you're, it's a comparison when you read the story of what he's saying. It's a comparison. He's saying, comparatively speaking, hate your family. Comparatively speaking, I need you to love the kingdom of God so much. I need you to love Jesus so much that everything else just pales in comparison. Do we love our family? Yes, of course. Jesus is not saying hate them. He's really not. It, it's hyperbole. He's saying, I need you on a comparison spectrum that that is nothing compared to what you have for the kingdom. Let me say it another way. He's saying, root yourself in the kingdom of God, not in your family. Root yourself. Where are your roots? Money, family, friends, or, or your health, right? Your health. We... <laughs> It's different, depends on how old you are. Like, if, how many remember being 18? Anybody? Anybody? Some of you were like, I was sober for some of it, but the rest of 18, and some of you are 18. When you're 18, you are bulletproof, right? I mean, there, nothing can kill you. Nothing can stop you. You just be like, bro, I'm 18. Whoa, whoa, what? And let me tell you something about that 18-year-old, you will eventually turn into your 40s. Let me testify for a second. I've been there. 40s. 40s was not as good as 30s. Come on, somebody. Anybody? And then 50s. Now I'm in my 50s. Oh, I don't look that old? Thank you so much. I love you. You're back in my good graces. Okay. 50s. I'm in my 50s. And 50s, everything. Like you. <laughs> maybe you're like me. I'm just thankful every morning when I can put my feet on the floor and stand up without bodily functions coming out of my body. I'm like, that was a good morning. I stood up on my own. It's like, when you're 18, you pull an all-nighter. That means you've been partying, you've been staying up all night, even studying, but you stayed up all night as an all-nighter. Honey, when you hit 50, I pull an all-nighter, but all that means is I was able to go all night without having to get up and go pee. Come on, that's, a, that's an all-nighter. What'd you do last night, bro? I rested good, I pulled an all-nighter. Come on, anybody else just gonna, 
eight of us were like, yeah. Either pull an all-nighter or wear a diaper, something like that. All right. Now, here, here's the deal. Those things that I just mentioned, you know, your, your money, your friends, your family, your health, they're not bad, right? I went down that list, and some of you, I'm, I'm saying it, and you're like, ooh, ah. They're good things. They're amazing things. But watch this. Those are fruits from roots that are properly rooted in the kingdom of God. You don't root yourself in the fruits because it will produce counterfeit fruits. What you do is you root yourself in the kingdom of God, and in that stable spiritual environment, God will bless your money. God will grow your finances. God will bring good friends into your life because we need them, but don't root yourself in them because that's called a codependent relationship. Root yourself in Jesus Christ and be dependent on him, and he'll take care of everything else. Don't root yourself in your family. Root yourself in the kingdom of God. Don't root yourself in your health. Your health will come and go, but can I tell you something? You are eternally, divinely healthy for all of eternity, as long as you are rooted in the kingdom of God and Jesus Christ. Does, does that make sense? Are, we, are you tracking with me? Yeah? All right, let me give you the second one. Let's keep rolling. There's benefits to being rooted. Benefits of being rooted. I shared this research a while ago, but I'm going to share it again because it's just, it's amazing and it fits where we are. Every single year, even like years before COVID and all this stuff, every single year, the Barner Research Group does a study. And at the end of the year, they, they start asking people, are you mentally healthier now or less mentally healthy now compared to last year? Okay, so they just ask people, do you feel mentally healthier or health, less healthy? You know, where's your mindset? Across the board, in 2020, this came out, so it was right on the heels of COVID, you know, right, right there. Now we're learning it's not the heels of COVID, but anyway, right, right there, this came out. Across the board, every single ethnic diverse person, every socioeconomic class, across the board, everybody said, I am less mentally healthy now than I was last year, except for one small sliver on the scale. And when I say small, I mean, the, you should look up the report. It's online. The, the, it's all these people, negative, ne no, less, 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 except for this one small little sliver of evangelical Christians that go to church every Sunday. It's very specific. Not every other Sunday, not once a month Sunday, not just when my life is falling apart and I need a quick fix of Jesus. No, every Sunday, people that were constantly growing their roots into the kingdom of God and growing and trying, they were the only ones that said, no, no, I'm better this year than last year. And next year, I'll be even better than I am this year because in Christ, things grow. And as long as I'm rooted in Christ, it's a good thing. Look at this, Dr. Henry Cloud. This is not in your notes. Um, he's a psychologist. He said this. He said, what you need to do in a time of crisis is reset your system. And God has given us ways to do this. There are four main areas that need to be reset. And the first and foremost is your sense of connectedness. Your sense of connectedness. We need to be connected. We need to be connected. Our roots need to be in something that is strong and stable and holy. The, the roots do, get this, the roots do all the work, but they get none of the credit. Everybody tries to cover up their roots. Right, ladies? Come on, you know, you, girl, you know, you know, and you know you don't want anybody in the lobby to walk up to you and just go, hmm, your roots are showing, dear. That's not, that don't make you feel good. 
Do you hear how quiet it got? All the ladies right now, they're thinking, is he talking about me? And you're going through your mind, when was the last time I had a hair appointment? How long has it been? Right? Well, because we want to cover up our roots, because here's the deal. Humanly, we cover up our roots because the roots show our age. And it's the same thing spiritually. Your roots show your age. And they're beautiful things. They do a lot of work for us. They just don't get any of the credit. They don't get any of the credit. Look at this verse in Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source, okay, God is the source. He's what our roots go into. He's the one who gives us all this stuff. God is the source of hope will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to talk about fruits next week, but right now I just need you to understand this. I just need you to get this in your brain. You can fill in the blank. Fruit is nothing but the revealer of the root. Fruit just reveals what's the root already doing. The root just doesn't get any credit, but you don't get the fruit without the root. And the deal is, when we start having our roots in the wrong thing, we end up producing counterfeit fruit. And here's, here's what that looks like. If your roots are not in the proper things, if it's in one of these four things that we talked about, you know, money, family, friends, health, if it's in one of those things, you start producing fruit. You start looking for happy moments, moments to make you happy and to be, have a happy day. I'm happy instead of putting your roots in the kingdom of God where you are filled with joy but you're producing a counterfeit fruit of happiness and thinking that that's God, and that's not God, and you don't understand why it comes and goes. It comes and goes because you've rooted yourself in something not stable. Joy is a stable fruit that comes from the Holy Spirit. Or how about, how about um, a, a fruit from the Holy Spirit that comes in our lives that's healthy and good and stable is this thing called peace. Do you have peace in your life, or have you just settled for a little less drama? Do you have peace in your life, or have you just settled for a little less toxicity in your relationships? Jesus says, no, you can have, check this out, if you have the fruit of peace, you can be in the middle of the drama and still have peace. Because I got news for you, drama cometh, and drama goeth. You might as well have peaceth, 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 through it. Have peace, have peace. It's a good, good fruit. Okay, so... I need you, we just have to switch our brains from fruits to the actual root. Roots provide support and nourishment. Support and nourishment. Okay. Last one, third one. Are you ready to get practical? No. No. See, this has all been nice hyperbole and all spiritual and all happy. But how many know if we don't do some practical steps, if you don't know the practical steps of where to root yourself, how to be rooted, you can fill in the blank, how to be rooted, then here's the deal. You'll just leave here and you'll get back on social media, you'll get back with the friends, and you'll, you'll stay living in your homo-opinionated groups rather than being connected and rooted properly. So how do you do it? Here is, this is just like bottom line, basic, practical stuff. Here's the first thing. Strong roots take time and patience. Strong roots take time and patience. I think one of the most detrimental things that has happened to the, to the house of the Lord, to church, is when you have somebody that's been saved and a saint for, let's say, 20 years, okay? And then somebody comes into the house, they come into church, and they accept Jesus Christ for the very first time. Isn't that a cool thing? And then a 20-year-old saint is all of a sudden expecting this new person to act like them, talk like them, 
think like them, pray like them, watch the same boring shows that they watch, all of that stuff. They don't have the patience for the roots to grow. And we have well-meaning believers in Christ walking through the house of the Lord with a basic weed trimmer, just buzzing people down with their judgmental comments. Roots take time and patience. And get this, you actually might disagree with somebody, but again, that's part of being in community, isn't it? Part of being in community. Okay, so it takes time and patience. Now, the second one is this. You've got to find your place. These are just some practical things. It takes time, it takes patience, and then find your place. Find your place to be rooted. Check this out. Psalm 92, verse 12. But the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon, for they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God, even in old age. I love that right there. Come on, somebody. All right, you 18-year-olds, at least clap for us. Come on, I mean, is this, you know, no, you're old. Okay, even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. We've got to find the right church to be planted in. Now, did you know, true fact, Mississippi has the most churches per capita than any other state in our country? Right here. We have more church. And I think that is a true fact. I think most of them are on Getwell Road between State Line and Goodman. <laughs> Man, you can pull into one church, get mad and offended, and go to the next church and never have to move your car. Just right there. Just... <laughs> we got a lot of churches. And having a lot of churches is a good thing, but it's also a bad thing. And, and here, here's why. There's a thing called... Um, Choice paralysis. This is by a psychologist named Barry Schwartz. He says this, the more choices make us less likely to take action and to be less satisfied with our eventual decision. Think about it this way, okay? That's all highbrow talk. Think about this. When you sit down to watch something on Netflix, it takes you a long time to decide what to watch. It used to be a lot quicker when there was only like a thousand shows on there, and now there's I don't even, I mean, t t tens, 20, 30, 50,000, a million, a billion, I have no idea. And you'll sit there, not that I've ever done this before, but you're sitting there looking for a show to watch, and you realize you've been watching trailers for an hour. <laughs> anybody? Anybody? And, you, and you, I'm like, what am I doing? And then you finally pick something, but watch this. You pick it, but then you don't enjoy it that much because you're always thinking, maybe I made the wrong choice. Come on, anybody resonating with this? And we do it with churches because we have so many choices. And so if this is your church and you like this and this, this works for you, then root yourself. Don't be wondering what it's like somewhere. I wonder what it's like you already chose this church. Don't be paralyzed by a decision. Make a decision. Stand strong and be rooted. Okay? Does, does that make sense? I think it does. If not, I'm going to get more intense right here. So what kind of church are you looking for? Now, the rest of this, that you have all these notes, and you're thinking he's already been preaching for 25 minutes. I'm getting ready to fill in all these blanks super quick. That's how it was planned to be, so get your pen ready. If you're looking for a church, and this is not it, if, if you didn't like the worship, if you don't like the preaching, hey, then don't, don't go here. I don't mean that ugly at all. I just mean there's some great, fabulous churches around here. But do this. If you don't like South Point and you're here visiting, or maybe it's your fifth time or whatever, you're like, ah, I don't like it. Come talk to me and tell me what you're looking for, and I'll help you find a church that you fit into, that you enjoy. There's amazing churches in this area. 
amazing. And so if you like less loud worship, there's lots of those places. And, and that's, that's great. The important thing is not, to me, the important thing is not where you go. The important thing is that you go. We're, all of us churches, we're supposed to be on the same team. And I think, I personally think we are. We're in competition for the sinners, not the saints. And so, if you don't like it, then come, I'm being serious. I know lots of pastors in this area. Come talk to me. I'll help you find a church. However, if this is your church, then be this. Be here. And here's what you should look for in a church. When you're church shopping, this is what you should look for. Fill in the blank. You should be looking for a place of generations. You need to have, if it ain't got no little babies running around, that ain't good. If it ain't got no old people hobbling around, that ain't good. You need the wisdom, I'm telling you, you need the wisdom of the elderly and the craziness of the kids. It's just the beautiful thing about the kingdom of God. You need a place to learn and grow. You need a place to learn and grow. You need to be challenged because growing, when you grow, growth always requires change and change always brings pain. So go ahead and stay where you are, embrace the pain, experience the change, and watch your life and family grow. That was really good. Okay, um, a place to worship freely. You need a place to worship freely. Lifting your hands, clapping, shouting. Worship is so important to our growth. You need a place of fruitful hangover. Here's what I mean by this. You need fruitful hangover. Our church as a whole, we're in these church walls and we're growing one group of one giant tree, right, if you will. Our branches and our fruit needs to reach over the church walls and hang low fruit in our city so that they can pick the fruit that we've been growing through the power of the Holy Spirit's Spirit and experience change outside the wall so that they'll be enticed. They'll be able to taste and see that God is good, not taste and see that God is judgmental. That was good too. I'm leaving after this day. Okay, um, so that's all DNA, that's all culture. Let me tell you about our theology real quick. And I mean real quick because there's only four of them. There's only four of them. Why is there only four of them? Because there's room for differences. There's, there's room for differences. First one is this. Here at South Point, we believe that the Bible is inerrant. I believe you should look for that in any church. We believe in the Bible. We don't change the Bible to fit our lives or the culture. We change our lives and our culture to fit our Bible. And so it's the inerrant word of God. It has no errors. We believe it's perfect. And then you must be born again. The only way you get into heaven is if you're born again. Why is that so cool? Because you can't be born again. It takes a miracle. Therefore, it takes Jesus to be born again. Therefore, it's a gift. It's nothing you've earned. You don't deserve to be saved. You're right. I don't. But I met somebody who made me. All right, Jesus is the only way to the Father. It's all about Jesus. It's not about Muhammad. It's not about Buddha. It's not about Confucius. It's not about nobody. It's about this man named Jesus Christ. And believers can be spirit-filled and spirit-led. Spirit-filled and spirit-led. All right. Let me say this right before we pray. I want you to hear this from a pastor's heart, okay? You love me, right? For you to have the healthy family that you want, for you to have the healthy spiritual walk that you want, you need to be rooted. You need to be rooted. And some of us have been here long enough and you're still not rooted. I'm just going to tell you, it's time to get rooted. You might complain, well, why didn't anybody check on me or anything during COVID or whatever? Can I tell you something? 
the staff and people and a team sat down and called every single person that was in our computer. 16, 1800 homes, we called them. Nobody called me, you're, then you're not rooted. You're not plugged in. And I say this from a loving standpoint because I want the best for you. I genuinely do. And it is impossible for that to happen unless you are rooted in the kingdom of God and the house of the Lord. It's just impossible. So be rooted. You've been here long enough. Come on, go to Plugged In. Get on a team. Find some friends. Join a small group. Get rooted in the house of the Lord. And then once you're rooted, watch this. I'm going to say this and then we'll pray. Don't leave. Are you saying this because everybody's leaving? No, actually not. We're still growing in the midst of COVID. I'm saying this because what I've seen happen so many times is people start putting down their roots and getting satisfied and it's, it's like good and they're growing and then they get their panties in a twist. I'm offended he said panties. Hang out longer. It gets way worse than that. Um, don't transplant yourself to somebody else. Simply because, here's, here's the deal, it's not good for you. And if you're always chasing what you like, you'll never find what he wants. If you're, always, if you're always following after the fruit of your preference, you'll never truly be planted in the soil of his presence. And those are the two words for that last fill in the blank. blank. I'm just saying it different, okay? If you're always chasing the fruit of your preference, there's going to be people here that you disagree with. There's going to be things here that happen that you disagree with. Can I tell you something? Storms of life bring strength to the tree and strength to the root. Don't uproot yourself. Stay strong. Be rooted in the house of the Lord and watch the fruit grow on your limbs. Will you pray with me? Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? Heavenly Father, I love you so much. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you, you actually invite us in to be planted in your kingdom. Your, your kingdom. You're the king of kings. You're the creator of everything. And you invite us to be planted in your kingdom. Lord, thank you. Thank you for that opportunity. Thank you for loving us. And Lord, I just ask right now that those that are planted in this house, watching online, you're planted. Father, show them where, where their roots need to grow just a little bit deeper. Show them where their roots need to grow a little bit further. Whatever it is, each person individually, just let, let them be inspired today to grow a little bit deeper into your kingdom and to grow a little bit more fruit for your kingdom. Still praying, you're here with your eyes bowed, your head bowed, your eyes closed. You're here this morning and you're, you're like, I don't have roots in any spiritual group. Like, when I've heard about Jesus or the church, I've always thought it was about all these rules that I had to live up to, all these bars that I had to jump through or hoops I had to jump through. It was, it was all these things. It was never just a simple thing of starting a relationship with Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity to do that today, to meet this man named Jesus. And I guarantee that when you allow him to come into your life and to forgive you of your sins, you will be so motivated to be rooted and planted in the kingdom of God because there is nothing greater. Your life will never be the same again. Just right where you are. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you down front. I'm not going to have you do anything weird. I'm, I'm, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and hold it up for a second. And then I'm going to count because you are not alone in this house. There's other people in this house that are getting ready to do the exact same thing to meet this man named Jesus. So right where you are, you say, I need Jesus in my life. Raise your hand up. Come on, put it up. 
Hold it up for a second. Come on. It's all over the house. I'm going to count in just a second. Come on. Be proud. Be brave. I need Jesus. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Lord, I thank you for these 16 people. I thank you for the 16 people in this service. I thank you for the four people in the last service. Lord, I thank you for the 20 people that today said, I need Jesus in my life. And now, Lord, you said in the book of Romans, you said that if we would confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm talking to you 16 16 people right now. Those of you, start confessing with your mouth. I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I love Jesus. And he said, if you believe in your heart that he came back to life on the third day, that you would be saved. So from your confession of your mouth and the belief of your heart, Lord Jesus, save them. Move inside their soul space. Wash them clean of all their sins, all the vandalism that the world has put there. Lord, set them free from all the addictions, problems, hang-ups, and habits. Let Let their lives be transformed and changed. And now, Lord, you said that you are an experiential God. So, Father, I just pray that you allow them to experience you, to feel you to hear your voice, to feel your touch. Let them experience you like never before and let them realize that today, of all days, today, they will never be the same again. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen. Guys, thanks so much for hanging out with me. I love you immensely. Um, If you were one of those 16 people that raised your hand, there's a free book down here on both sides called Fresh Start. Just come pick it up. If you want prayer there, for anything, anybody needs prayer, there's people down front on both sides that would love to pray for you. If you don't want prayer but you still want the book, just tell them, don't touch me, leave me alone, and they'll, they'll get you the book, okay? All right, stand with me if you will. And while you're standing, let me remind you that if you're a follower of Christ and you want to take communion, there's communion elements down front on both sides that you are more than welcome to partake of. All right? All right, let's pray the benediction. Heavenly Father, right now, we just ask that the words of our mouth, the meditations in our heart, Lord, they'll be acceptable in your sight. You're our Lord, our strength, and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great week, y'all. Love you.